Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the Great Reset Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, and everything in between, ESG, DEI, um, transhumanism, uh, you know, killer bioweapons that uh, are irradiated, uh, that are irradiated through 5G. Oh, we're going to talk about that tonight. Oh, my goodness. Are we going to talk about that tonight? We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff because you know what? We, we have entered that time. We have entered that place. And I think everybody feels it coming. What did they just say there? The calm before the storm. We all know we've been feeling it coming for a long time. Oh, that's right. We've been feeling it coming for a long, long time. And we know it's coming. So uh, what I wanted to do tonight, really, is I wanted to go back to my True Social account. If you're not following me on True Social, at Real Josh, Joshua Reed, on True Social, at Real Joshua Reed, gain a boatload of new followers, great we had a old dude on TikTok called me out, man. It was pretty cool. He, they, they were wondering, like, is this re-? – because I, I responded to them with my TikTok account. And they're like, is this really you? I'm like, yeah, it's me. They're like, no, I don't see any videos. Like, I don't do videos under my TikTok because uh, every time I do, I get deleted. <laughs> so uh, fight harder on TikTok, guys. At fight harder on TikTok. Uh, he did a, a great video the other day talking about the Q stuff. Uh, mentioning some of my posts out there. I wanted to give him a call out. Thank you so much for that call out, my man. Much appreciated. He's been watching us for a while, and a whole bunch of other people are like, oh, my God, I found you. And Yeah, really cool. So many older people that we haven't seen in a long time finding us back again because we're doing the Q stuff. You know what? Because it's relevant. We have to understand is that this kind of – you had to – well, you know what? Let's just explain Q. Why don't we just do it, right? We're queuing the storm. We're just going to explain to you. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you how it got started, what it is, why it is, what first four years of Donald Trump were, and where we are now and what's happening now. And why these posts that I'm going to go over are massively relevant. Okay, so there, there's a few things. So... People might not know this, but I'm actually working on a uh, a few different docu series right now. But one is actually going to be uh, 
Um, I can't really say too much about it, but let's just say that one of them is going to be um, produced, actually produced. So this is pretty cool, and it's on this topic. Okay, follow me here, all right? If you're new to the whole Q thing, if you're just discovering Q, or if you're an old Q person, I want you to pay attention because this is one thing that when I go over research, when I try to figure things out, I, I have to just like, I have to string, I have to pearl string it. I have to put it all together. I can't just have one little piece and say, I'm fine with that. Instead, I have to like, I have to go back as far as it goes, right? So, 1996, Bill Clinton is president of the United States, and he gets wrapped up in what's known as the China doll scandal. This is where he sells, gives China U.S. military missile secrets. At the same time, he gave eight tactical nukes to North Korea. This isn't a good thing. This is not things that presidents do, especially right after they decimate our military, reducing 50% of the U.S. naval ships uh, what over over 30% of the manpower fighting all the or firing all these patriotic Reaganist Bushist generals and admirals. Okay, so this scandal was about to break. Okay, called the China Doll. You can look it up. Bill Clinton sold weapon secrets to China. All right, this was about to break, and then guess what happened? All of a sudden, Bill Clinton gets a blowjob in the White House and does some funky things with a cigar. And that leads to his impeachment. See, that whole Monica Lewinsky thing, that was a cover-up. That was a cover-up of the President of the United States giving military secrets to China. And so there's patriots in this country who watched this for a very long time. You have uh, Major General Wesley Clark during the First and Second Iraq War coming out and speaking about this in the mid-2000s. He got shut down immediately. Talking about how this is all ran by the globalists. The globalists are the ones that want to go in there. They want us to do this. They want us to kill people. And so in the military, you start seeing that, you know, military is one of these points of checks and balances. Yeah, they, they fall underneath the president, but they also have their own level of discretion. So now you fast forward. We September 11th, Patriot Act, all these things begin to happen. George Bush, obviously complicit in these, reading the books up upside down. Um, he had absolutely no command and control authority on September 11th, 2001, which we just had the anniversary yesterday. And, and you know what? Out of respect for that anniversary, we didn't have a show yesterday. Why don't we all just take a – hold on. I, I want to do something. I, I want to do something. We're just going to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk. We're going to have some fun. Um, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, which version do I want? Okay, let's do this. I'm going to play this, and in this, let's just do our moment of silence for September 11th, because you know what? <clears throat> I, I left for boot camp October 10th, 2001. I was already signed up with the United States Navy in before September 11th. And when I got to boot camp, they played this song every day. And this is just one of those songs that probably brings tears to your eyes. But, you know, let's put, let's put this out there for the, the victims and the heroes of September 11th. How about that? If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all 
I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today There ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who I think that was worth it. And, you know, it, it, it definitely was worth it. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yes, I, I, I cry every time I hear that song. And the reason I cry is because in boot camp when we got there every day, they beat us silly with calisthenics and made the room sweat while listening to that song and asking us what makes the grass grow. Do you guys know? Anybody out there know what makes the grass grow? Anybody out there, former military, and know what makes the grass grow? I want to see it in the chat. <laughs> but yes, it's an incredibly emotional sh- song. But I'll stand up next to you and defend her here again today. All right? You guys are close. It's terrorist blood. <laughs> terrorist blood. That's right. Blood, terrorist blood. So let's get into this. Yes, I, I was definitely teared up on that. Sorry. Um, that's one of the songs that if you play, I'll, I'll cry instantly. Uh, that and the Star Spangled Banner, for, or the, the National Anthem, not the Star Spangled Banner, the National Anthem. Um, yep, the National Anthem, I'll, I'll cry yep, every single time. All right, 
so let's get into the cube. So we're talking about Bill Clinton. We went down Bill Clinton. And we go into September 11th. Then we go into Iraq and Afghanistan, the 20-year war. We know that if you go into various esoteric and occult history, you have Albert Pike, the head of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry at the end of the 19th century, early 20th century, in a letter to uh, Gillespie Milizano, who was the head of basically the, uh, the illegal crime syndicate throughout Europe, talking about the three various wars and this was the next war that was going to be coming about. So we come into this war, we get out of it, we get Bioterrorism Act, which basically sets up uh, the, the Defense Intelligence Agency and the Defense Threat Reduction Agency to start going out there and repurposing old Soviet uh, biolabs. Then we also get the Patriot Act and basically additions onto the National Defense Authorization Act, which begin to erode and set up various different powers and directives under what we know of as presidential emergency action documents. Now, I know there's a lot of controversy out there about PEDS, specifically PEDS. Congress has been trying to get into the executive branch and discover what these PEDS are for a very long time. Now, here's a disclaimer about PEDS. Every president that comes in has the ability to review all the other president's prior PEDS as well as make changes, amendments, and addendums to them. Okay? So when you start talking about one other theory, it kind of doesn't make much sense that that really is there. Okay. But there's one presidential emergency action directive that came about known as Directive 51. Directive 51 is incredibly important because this allows for the suspension of habeas corpus under the Patriot Act that came about. The suspension of a habeas corpus is due process of law. This means illegal detainment indefinitely of American citizens. And in Directive 51, basically, it comes about saying that if there's ever a position of where the government is in crises nationally, geographically, um, or globally, and that there has to be a contingency of government plan, that the government has the right, this is the right that they gave themselves through executive directive and privilege, to go out there and detain any citizens they believe would get step in the way of the process of contingency of government. That's Directive 51. Those aren't my words. That's, that's You can go out there and start looking this stuff up. Okay, so that's the first part. So now we start seeing... Oh, by the way, in the military during this time, and I was in the military during this time and the Patriot Act and all this stuff came about, you could tell that there were patriots in this country who didn't like the orders that they were given. They didn't want to go to war, who didn't want to do the things that were being done, okay? Um, There's other people in the chat that can concur with me. Is During that time, 2001 to 2010, there was a lot of people who were questioning what was really happening in this country. This sets us up for an event that occurs around 2007. Now, there's multiple different of these events that occur in the 2000s and the later 2000s, but these ones are the most significant because they happen just months after each other. And you can look these up. Um, There was a nuclear missile attached to a bomber that flew out of Minot, North Dakota. I believe it was August or June of 2007. And uh, it was an armed nuclear warhead that flew out and flew across the United States. Now, from people I've talked to who are close to this information, they said that that bomber was never supposed to make it to where it was going. Okay? But what happened is they detected the bomb on it 
and basically realize that, oh, shit, we could potentially have a broken arrow situation, okay? And this basically understood that this, this bomber had to have security, everything like this, bring it back in. Okay, so this bomb becomes national news. This is all over the, all over the news, right? These are the type of nuclear incidences that um, <laughs> shouldn't happen. Right, an armed tactical nuke attached to a B-52 bomber flying across the United States. I mean, if it crashes, well, say goodbye to Denver, right? Okay, so a few months later after this incident, and this one is, there's, there's very little, you have to dig hard to find the information for this one, but it's out there. And the best place to dig is with this number, with this, this name, Major General Kevin Sullivan. Okay, Major General Kevin Sullivan. That'll lead you to the information down the rabbit hole to start understanding this. I had to go back to a lot of old internet boards and start pulling up other articles and what people were speculating and talking about during this time to start putting all of this together. But you can basically, the, the premise of what I'm about to tell you is was in the national news, was being posted by Fox and CNN. So what happens is you have this box of... Minuteman 3 Mark 12 nuclear triggers. These are the things that you plug in the ICBMs and makes them go boom. Okay? Now, this box, which is probably like a box like this big, goes from Minot, North Dakota to Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City, at the Defense Logistics Agency. Now, the head of the Defense Logistics Agency at this time is Major General Kevin Sullivan. Okay. Now, in these facilities, typically they have very few limited military. They usually have defense contractors, third-party contractors that are taking care of the in income and outgo and all these different things and um, the, the accountability of all the records. Well, at the Defense Logistics Agency, there is a company called EG&G that was basically taking in all the classified material. Now, you might have heard of EG&G because they're kind of interesting in the story. If you go back to a guy by the name of Bob Lazar in the late 1980s, early 1990s, Bob Lazar um, claimed that he knew Edward Teller, who was part of the Manhattan Project. Edward Teller recommended him for a job at what's known as Area 51 S4. And Bob Lazar goes to S4 and he sees you know, advanced alien aircraft and he's, you know, working on the propulsion systems trying to figure out how this thing works, how the gravitational system works on it. Well, the company that Bob Lazar worked for was EG&G. If you ever heard of the Janet flights that flew out of Nav or that flew out of Nellis and flew out of McLaren to Area 51, they're called Janet flights. That was ran by EG&G. So they, they obviously have something in the aspect of high-level classified technology. So at the Defense Logistics Agency, they were the company that was in charge of what was going on there. So what we have is we have this box of Mark III Minutemen Mark 12 triggers come in. Well, once it comes in, it gets declassified from top secret down to not classified at all. And a label gets put on the box called helicopter batteries. I, I'm not joking here. Helicopter batteries. And they put it on a shelf with thousands of other boxes of helicopter batteries. Well, just a few months later, what happens is that that one box out of all those other boxes of helicopter batteries gets picked up, put on a plane, and sent to Taiwan. Oh, yeah. 
Well, Taiwan during this time, I mean, obviously is infiltrated by China. China is making their moves on the West. And one of the first parts was the infiltration of Taiwan. Now, with a lot of the aspects, what they did there was organized crime, utilizing various organizations like the triads to basically infiltrate, coerce, blackmail, these types of things. This box gets to Taiwan and gets put on a boat sent over to China. Now, we don't really know what's in it. We're just told it's these Mark III triggers, okay? Potentially, it could be something completely different in this box. I don't know. But whatever it was, it was highly classified. So, it gets sent over to China. Well, apparently what happened is the Taiwanese intelligence agency got wind of what was going on. They interdicted the boat, and they recovered whatever was in that box, and they went back to the United States military and went, hey, dude. Um, we, we got some stuff here. <laughs> this doesn't look like helicopter batteries. Well, this prompts a major investigation in the United States military. Ten general officers lost their positions and were forced into early retirement with letters of reprimand to their record, including Major General Kevin Sullivan. Now, he's relevant because he's going to become important later on. Because you got to remember, when there's people that are a part of the deep state, they don't just fade away or go away, right? They go to think tanks and all these different types of things. And then their children come up and come into the, the ranks, okay? So, we, we have this, this incidents that happens. Now, two, the, two of these types of incidences back-to-back will begin showing red flags within the flag officer ranks. And they'll start asking questions. You're going to have guys that are patriotic to this country, that are patriots to the United States Constitution, who are going to start asking questions like, dude, is someone in the military high up there in rank selling military secrets to China? And if that question was asked, which I've been told it was, then some type of committee, it will be formed. The committee will be secret. It will not be known to the public. It will not be known to Congress. It will be not known to the president. These are temporary employees of the government. It will be most likely made up of people who have served this country well over 20, 30 years, military officers, general rank and above, as well as maybe a few congressmen or senators who are, you know, at the the Nuclear Regulatory Commission um, Oversight Board or the Armed Services Committee. These types of people. One of the people I speculate would have been Jeff Sessions because he was on both of those committees and he had been over 20 years um, in service in the Senate during this time. And so he would have known about these types of events because he was deep within the intelligence sector in the United States military. Okay. So at this time, they probably formulated some type of investigation to find out, well, who the hell is doing this? And what they would utilize is military assets, military intelligence during this time. Well, what happens? Just a few months later, or a year later, Barack Obama comes into office. George Bush goes out, Barack Obama comes in. Barack Obama starts doing some major changes to the military, as well as to policy, including foreign policy. And a few examples, Barack Obama starts up an um, educational exchange program with China, Uh, Barack Obama signs an executive order basically allowing China to have complete access to our electrical grid here in the United States of America, where major supply chains are dependent upon China for that electrical grid, as well as company ownership of the private companies that oversee the maintenance, the the, uh, repair, and uh, the operation of the grid can be bought by China. This was Barack Obama who did this. So this starts raising red flags, right? So these people probably begin investigating 
They're probably doing it through either NSA or the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, or they're doing it through some contingent group within the Army, Navy, DNI, something of that nature. But it's most likely incredibly clandestine, black project funded, so special access program. Whatever your black project, black, black project funded, just think special access program. Okay, so next. You have to fast forward quite a few years. And you have to understand that if the deep state during this time realizes that they're being observed and watched, they're going to attack those other people. And that, remember all of a sudden we started to have Russian hackers that started hacking George Bush's emails and all these other people's emails. We had hacking frenzy going on back and forth. Well, now this takes us into like 2010, 11, 12, 13. Well, what happens during this time? We have WikiLeaks that comes out with Hillary Clinton's emails, which I don't think was an accident. I think exactly that it was most likely this intelligence sector that was basically observing all of the deep state that leaked this to WikiLeaks. Um, We have Edward Snowden, who goes to the NSA and releases this program, all the tools that the NSA is using to spy on American citizens. There's just one problem. See, Edward Snowden came from the Central Intelligence Agency. He worked under John Brennan. John Brennan was well aware of what was happening here and sent Edward Snowden over to the NSA. Got him in. Edward Snowden finds the project that is spying on the deep state actors collecting evidence illegally. And he releases it to the public, shuts that military intelligence operation that's spying on the deep state. He shuts it down overnight. Okay? So now there's panic within the Patriot community. Oh, shit, what are we going to do? This is when you have people like Phil Haney, DHS whistleblowers come forth. You have Admiral Ace Lyons who are coming forth, and they're starting to scream about Muslim Brotherhood infiltration into our government. And they had every right to because the chief of staff to Hillary Clinton was a woman by the name of Huma Abedin. Huma Abedin's father is the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood. Huma Abedin was Hillary Clinton's handler. And she was collecting massive amounts of evidence on Hillary Clinton, which was being stored on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Anthony Weiner is a pedo pervert who is sending naked pictures of himself to 15-year-old girls. And so after this operation gets shut down, they start uncovering within the emails, Hillary Clinton's emails, all of this deep state spying, that these people are pedos. That these people are doing worse things. These people are going to Jeffrey Epstein's islands and they're doing some crazy things down there with little children. Um, they're, they're having sex with teenagers, but they're doing crazier things with little children, if you know what I mean. Now, I don't have any proof that this is what they found. This is mere speculation. But if you go back to the beginning of Pizzagate, this is how it all unfolds. Okay, so what happens is, is I, I would I look at this group that's in the military intelligence are probably looking around going, how do we, how do we fight back? How do we counter them? So what they do is there's an anonymous phone call made to the NYPD about Anthony Weiner with his text messages. And sure enough, Anthony Weiner gets arrested for sending, you know, nude pictures to a 15-year-old girl, and his laptop gets seized. His laptop had all the dirt on Hillary Clinton. Now, how do you enter evidence into a system legally? Hunter Biden's laptop, Wiener's laptop, Hillary Clinton's emails, which by this time were already destroyed. So you get the gist, right? The intelligence community, the patriots, are fighting back against these people that are trying to suppress them. 
One note about Edward Snowden. The group that hunted Edward Snowden. Let me, let me look this up. Here, I'll show you. Many people don't know this stuff. And I think it's uh, really important. Here you go. Inside the Q group, the directorate hunting down Edward Snowden. The top secret Q group has been chasing Edward Snowden since he disappeared in May. Eli Lake on the Intel community's internal police and why the agency is in a complete freakout mode. Interesting name for a group. Q group. All right. So we got the Q group, which is hunting Edward Snowden during this time as well. Okay, so from 2010 to like 2014, 15, this is basically the Patriots on their back getting hammered from the deep state. Barack Obama wins re-election. He basically goes in there, cleans house again, gets rid of everybody he doesn't like. And we start seeing moves being made strategically. We have to understand that there are various different types of organizations, prior, prior service members, prior intelligence community members that communicate. They have their own civilian groups that communicate and share intelligence. This is why after John Brennan left the CIA, Donald Trump took his security clearance away two years later because he still had a security clearance and he was still privy to the information that was coming through the intelligence channels. Okay. So what do we begin seeing happen? Well, we go back to Admiral Ace Lyons. Admiral Ace Lyons starts going public and talking about Barack Obama being a Kenyan citizen and not how his birth certificate was completely forged and faked. Okay? He goes and talks about the infiltration of the Muslim Brotherhood. I just talked about this, that Phil Haney in 2010 blew the whistle through the Department of Homeland Security on. Um, this also uncovered um, Eric Holder's uh, fast and furious of running guns down to the border to the cartels. So... What does this whole, so basically what we begin to see is that there's this war going on between people who are patriotic and love this country and are trying to save it, and this deep state infiltration of communism and socialism that basically is fighting against them but are in power. So they realize they have to do something, okay? They realize they have to do something. And this is why I think they went out there and recruited Donald Trump, because they needed basically a social icon, because social media, you know, social media, Facebook was created in 2004, right, through DARPA and Google, right, in QTEL. But social media really didn't pick up till about 2010. Social media really didn't get popular till about 2010. So social media had been taking over the whole media circuit, mainstream media began to die the day social media took over. And so a lot of these people that were understanding this, they understood the battlefield. They understood the dynamics of asymmetrical warfare. They knew that they would have to get someone in there that had massive popularity amongst the people that people would look at as a good guy who could go in there who was an asshole and but a true American. And this is maybe why they picked Donald Trump. I think that he is that man. Either way, I believe it was a group like Ace Lions, former Admiral Ace Lions. By the way, former Admiral Ace Lions. This is important to, to understand. I want to, because he came out and claims that Barack Obama was not an American citizen. Now, who is he to say that, right? Who is he to say that, Admiral Lyons? Commander, U.S. Pacific Fleet, he was, um, 
Is this the same? I don't think this is. This is an East Lines. Oh, yep, this is it. So he was Commander U.S. Uh, PATCOM. He also served as uh, an intelligence uh, Undersecretary of Intelligence for Ronald Reagan. All right. Um, and then obviously he came out, published uh, an opinion piece about Seth Rich, who was murdered. Um, he caused chaos in the Democratic Party during the 2016 presidential election. He has a very, very short <laughs> bio here. But uh, if you go to his long form bio, you'll see that he was uh, served in intelligence, under Secretary of Intelligence, under Reagan. And so this guy is incredibly connected. He's, he's no joke. So what we begin to see is that we have this group of people in our military who've been researching this and trying to hunt these people down for a very long time. Then you have the deep state that have basically eight years of reign over the United States of America and come, make it come crashing down. You got to remember when the subprime mortgage collapsed, that was 2008. Now, for those that don't know, there's something known out there as a 16-year plan. You can go to the 2010 Rockefeller doc documents. You can go to war game scenarios, various different exercises and scenarios that happened in the 2000s, or various other globalist and elitist documents. But there's something we knew of as a 16-year plan. Eight years of Barack Obama, eight years of Hillary Clinton. Within two years of Hillary Clinton's first term as president, 2018, nuclear war was going to break out with Russia. If you go back to 2015, 2016, with the rhetoric between Hillary Clinton and Vladimir Putin, Hillary Clinton was yelling at Vladimir Putin saying that you need to stop building nuclear weapons and we need nuclear proliferation. And he's like, you're building nuclear weapons. She's like, no, we're not. And he's like, we're going to put up a missile defense shield in Ukraine, in Turkey. And Putin's like, if you do that, there's going to be nuclear war. So we were on the brink of nuclear war in 2016. Now, how did Hillary Clinton know that Vladimir Putin was building nuclear weapons? <laughs> well, because she sold him the uranium that he was building it with. Something called the Uranium One scandal. The Uranium One scandal, are you ready for this one? Well, see, Uranium One is actually a company in Canada that Justin Trudeau actually has certain share ownership in. But what was happening is the United States of America was offloading a majority of their uranium supply under global warming and all this other stuff. And they were utilizing Canada as a proxy to get it over to Russia. Well, when it got to Russia, it was going to Iran. Remember when Barack Obama gave $150 billion to Iran? That was so they could build a missile. Not so they couldn't build a missile. That's so they could produce all these underground facilities in northern Syria to go out there and start building their nuclear weapons because the deep state needed a place to develop various different weapons to basically formulate their own army, their own military, and their own arsenal. Okay, we'll get into that part because that's coming. So we have Uranium One scandal. Well, what's Russia do? Russia's not stupid. Russia knows that the United States of America can tra uh, track the radioactive isotopes of that uranium, that they most likely tagged it in some way, shape, or form. So they're not going to keep it in Russia. And Russia's going to take this uh, uranium. They're not going to just give it all. They're not just going to give it all to Iran, are they? No, that's... That's, that's crazy. Why would they give it all to Iran? Iran when they can keep it themselves. See, in 2011, a president comes into a country known as Ukraine by the name of Yovanovic. Yovanovic basically basically disregards the European treaties, what's known as the, Misk, uh, the, 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 the Minsk agreements. All right? He comes out and says, hey, I'm pro-Russia. I'm former Soviet. 
I like Vladimir Putin and Mendelev over there. He was really good friends with Mendelev. And he goes, ah, we're going to align ourselves with Russia. This is Ukraine, 2011. So what's Vladdy, what's Vladdy boy do? Well, you know what? It's a non-NATO nation surrounded by NATO nations. They got warheads pointed at me. Why don't I just go out there and create a secret weapons development program over in Ukraine? Let's uh, hide that uranium under a place they wouldn't be able to detect the radioactive isotopes. How about Chernobyl? How about the nuclear facilities that are there? Start to make a lot of sense now. Okay, now fast forward. The United States wasn't going to let that go, that Ukraine was just taken from them. You remember, they had the Defense Threat Reduction Act, which basically allowed them to go into former Soviet biolabs and basically repurpose them. Well, they repurposed them, all right. <laughs> they repurposed it for their own research. And so as Russia comes in and basically Ukraine locks everybody out, Russia begins to take over this. And that's not something they could have let happen. So what they do is they do a three-year coup and form a coup that ends with something known as the Maiden Massacre. Now, we had intelligence that John Brennan, and if you remember this name, Eric Sycamorella, helped fund the Maiden Massacre using various different Russian um, Defense contractors, they went out there and staged the Maiden Massacre, knowing that if 100 people were killed, this would produce some type of social destabilization where the people would fight back, rise up, and overthrow the government. And that's exactly what happened, known as the Maiden Massacre. You know, Sam Powers goes in there, they negotiate, and basically the United States had cooed Ukraine during this time, and they put in their own power figures. Well, guess what they also did? They go in there and they take back the nuclear facilities with all the U.S. uranium that they had sold to Russia— there, as well as Russia's weapon program. Hmm. So now the deep state has bioweapons facilities and nuclear development facilities all there in Ukraine. And this becomes the head for money laundering, human trafficking, um, drug trafficking, um, and then obviously weapons development. You remember all those old movies where all the arms dealers were from Ukraine? Well, that's why. So what happens in Ukraine? Well, kind of fast forward. Ukraine goes out there and the biolabs start developing genetically targeted bioweapons under various different black budget programs and targeting the people in the Donbass and the uh, Lukesh regions. These are prim primarily Russian genetically people. In Russia, Putin starts yelling and screaming at the United Nations Security Council and they do nothing <clears throat> for 14 years. Okay? So, back, back. Now let's go back to 2015. Uh, we have WikiLeaks, we have Pizzagate, we have a, a t uh, we have a Twitter, a tweeter from the National Security Agency about Pizzagate. And I'll tell you the date on this. And people say that this isn't real. It's very, very, very real. Um, and what you'll find is a whole bunch of junk thrown in with it now. And now you can't even find it anymore. Oh my goodness, look at that. Oh, look at that. You can't even find it. Oh, my God. Oh, there it is. Okay. You get this one right here. And I'll try to blow that up, everybody. Pizzagate is real. Do not give up citizen investigation. This tweet will be deleted. Pre-commitment, John Podesta, and then gives a hash. That was December 4th, 2016. Okay. So... We understand that during this time, there was massive infiltration from the deep state into these various intelligence structures because they understood that they were researching, they were investigating them and trying to out them, trying to oust them. Now, when we start getting into Donald Trump and everything that's happening here, we have to back up to the Hillary Clinton email investigation. 
Okay. Um, Hillary Clinton emails. And I want to look. I, I always forget this one guy's name. There's this one guy that sat on the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, Benghazi. We have Benghazi. Oh, we have Benghazi during this time. Oh, Benghazi. Well, how about that? What was Benghazi? Does anybody know um, what the controversy was about Benghazi? What was really happening in Benghazi? So, well, people are saying gold, that uh, uh, what's his name? The current president was switching over to gold. It was a back alley arms deal. That's exactly right, Roxy. You remember what Eric Holder was doing with Fast and Furious by sending weapons down to the cartels? The same thing was happening through Benghazi up into Syria with black U.S. intelligence, okay? Led by people like John McCain, Okay. So, this is where it kind of gets interesting because John McCain becomes critical in the, in the whole Q realm and world, right? Hold on. Um, there it is. That's what I was looking for. And I just want to, that's it. Christopher Stevens. So the rumor is, is that Christopher Stevens called Hillary Clinton, the secretary of state, the, a few hours before anything ever happened, any protest or anything like that began to happen. Okay. And he says that, Hey, we've uncovered this weapon running organization that's utilizing us assets and taking us arms up into Syria. And they're giving them to some organization we'll hear about later on known as ISIS and ISIL the new rise of the of the the Taliban right the radical fundamental islamics okay well a few hours later christopher stevens is dead he called hillary next thing you know he's dead and you have benghazi that happens and there's been a lot said about this as well as various other things that happen during and after these times we don't have time for all that, okay? Uh, maybe in the documentary that I do on all this, this will all be talked about. But, so we had Benghazi, we had Hillary Clinton's emails. Um, I always think his name is Nunes, but it's not Nunes. But the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee held a briefing where he basically um, did an interview with the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community. Now, the Inspector General is someone who has basically full investigative oversight over a whole department division of the United States government. So when you have the inspector general of the intelligence community, this guy has complete investigative um, authority over the intelligence community. And he has a very, very high security clearance. There's a video out there that used to go around or the memes that used to go around when inspector general McCullough of the intelligence committee was talking to the chairman of the Senate intelligence of the inspector general McCullough of the intelligence community was talking to this chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And he was asked, what was in Hillary Clinton's emails? And he responds, I can't tell you that. It's classified. You remember that, that meme or that video? Classified, 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 classified. And, and the chairman kind of gets fed up like, 
what the hell do you mean? I'm the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. I have the highest security clearance in our government. Do we need to go to a closed door session? He goes, no. If we even went to a skiff, I still wouldn't be able to tell you what was in these emails. They are the most closely guarded secrets of our country. They're special access programs, and they're so classified that I only could get a summary briefing them. This is from Inspector General McCullough of the intelligence community. Okay? So, that's how serious the contents of Hillary Clinton's emails were. And then she has the audacity last week to say, there's nothing classified in my emails. Right? Under subpoena, she smashes her blackberries with hammers, acids, washes, hard drives, and deletes 33,000 emails. Okay, so we kind of set the stage, right? The question is, what was in Hillary Clinton's emails that were so classified that the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee couldn't know what was in them? They had the inspector general of the Intelligence Committee couldn't know what was in them. And what was she doing with them? We learn later on that Hillary Clinton was replying and forwarding various different emails. I think there was like 48 or 68 or something like that had made in it. And these emails would initiate a script in her metadata. On her server, there's metadata and there's a script. And the script runs. And when the script runs, it sends anything that's forwarded or replied to to a Gmail address. Well, they geo-track the IP of that Gmail address to offshore in China. Okay? So she's literally knowingly sending these emails... With the meta- well, can't say she's knowingly, but I would say she's knowingly. Now, here's the key. Is the emails, and this comes about from the Horowitz report, the emails in question that were special access programs. She was never supposed to be on the distribution list of those emails in the first place. But let me repeat that. She was never supposed to even receive those emails in any email fashion ever. But somehow she did, because there's probably somebody on the inside putting her on the thread. I'm going to throw the Secretary of State on the thread. I'm going to throw the Secretary. Okay, so now we begin to see. So the question is, is what was in those emails that was so critical? You got to remember, we're talking about the lead up to what Q was. Well, Donald Trump wins the election 2016. You remember Podesta and Clinton's face when Donald Trump won? Oh, my God, right? Now, a few things happened. Three days before the election, I believe it was on October 30th, James Comey comes out and makes an announcement saying that he is reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails. Now, the investigation was originally closed in June of 2016 by the lead investigator in the, in the investigation by the guy by the name of Peter Strozik. Oh, shit. Remember that name? Who, Peter Strozik, a few weeks later, starts investigating Donald Trump for Russian collusion. <laughs> wow, can't make this shit up. Now, we learned later from the Q boards that Admiral Rogers, who was the head of the National Security Agency during this time, um, there was a tarmac meeting in June of 2016 between Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch. Okay, that meeting is not supposed to happen. It's in direct violation of federal law and campaign finance laws. Okay, uh, could have cost Hillary Clinton the election, but Barack Obama covered it up. Well, here's what happened. And this is told to us, this is interesting because Christopher Sign put out his memoirs years later and validated what Q tells us in this post. I think it's post 14 or something. 
But basically, Q tells us that Admiral Rogers basically flagged the log files, listened into the conversation. Before they it happened, they tipped off a reporter in Phoenix from Fox uh, from the Fox affiliate to go down there and basically show up with cameras. And he did that. His name was Christopher Sign. Now, to add to this, okay, we're going to fast forward a little bit. In 2021, June of 2021, Christopher Sign, the reporter that broke the the Clinton Lynch tarmac meeting that we were talking we were talking about in the Cube post, died. How did he die? He hung himself from a doorknob in his office with a dog leash. That doesn't sound odd, does it? Okay. Christopher Sign in his memoirs, he says. That I have an intelli- I have someone that who's high up in the intelligence community in Washington, D.C. This person called me up and tipped me off of the meeting between Clinton and Lynch. He says that the name of this person he only calls S. Now, interesting that it's a single letter. Because it seems that these people are all going by single letters. Well, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever done any background of uh, Christopher Sign? I have, a little bit. He's from uh, Alabama. He went to the University of Alabama. He was a a D1 football player, okay? Do you know who else went to the University of Alabama who's of the same alma mater and the same fraternity as Christopher Sign? Jeff Sessions. S. Now we see how Jeff Sessions fits into this from 2007, the present day. We understand that there was a fight going on, that there was a battle going on. Okay, so tarmac meeting. Now the the investigation is reopened again three days later. We find out through the Q post that what happens is Admiral R goes to James Comey. He says, "Listen to this. It's the audio recording of the tarmac meeting where Bill Clinton is promising Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General, to drop the email investigation." June 2016, and they will give her a lifetime seat on the Supreme Court. And obviously, they drop the investigation a few weeks later. Okay? He gives this to Comey and says, we'll release it. We got nothing to lose. Unless you open up the email investigation. So the email investigation is opened up on like October 30th, 2016, like a few days before the election. Okay. This is where it gets fucking crazy. So apparently, and this is what we hear from back channels, is a small group of generals go to Barack Obama before the election and they tell Barack Obama, Donald Trump's going to, or we're going to allow these elections to be free and clear and whoever wins, wins. But if you cheat, if you steal, and if you prosecute Donald Trump, if he, if he runs, we will do a military coup on this country. And Barack Obama just sat back and let them do what they're going to do. Now, the rumor is, and there's enough evidence to substantiate this. Do you remember the perfect phone call, Donald Trump, Ukraine? Do you have the server, Zelensky? Do you have the server? You know, CrowdStrike. What server is he talking about? He's talking about a server that was sitting at Burisma. Burisma was the same company that Devin Archer and Hunter Biden sat on the board of directors with in the Ukraine. Okay. Now, why would CrowdStrike have a server at an oil and gas company in the middle of the Ukraine that Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and John Kerry's stepson are all working for? 
Why? Because they needed geographic proximity to Russia to run a program known as Hammer and Scorecard to steal the 2016 election. And if they got caught, they could just blame it on Russia. But see, Russia, during this time, they were in on this. They knew what was happening, and they shut down that facility. Yeah, Russia interfered with the 2016 election by shutting down the stealing of the Democrats. <laughs> That's really what happened. Okay, so moving forth now. 2016, Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo come in. Now, I don't, I'm not big on Mike Pompeo. There's controversy here because there's a billionaire in Las Vegas by the name of Edelson, okay, who's good friends with Pompeo. They're both connected to the Mossad, Israeli intelligence. Donald Trump's with them. This is at the same time as the Las Vegas shooting. You remember the Las Vegas shooting? Donald Trump was in a meeting with Pompeo and Edelson at Trump Tower in Vegas when this all happened. Kind of a sign, right? Well, what happens is, is they plot to actually go out there and kill Julian Assange, have him assassinated. This is legit. You can check this out. Donald Trump was with, in with this. And most likely because Julian Assange doesn't just have bad information in the deep state. He's got bad information on everybody. He's got information that will probably take down this world. And he's probably got the special access program information that the United States military does not want to get out to the world. He's probably got them because he had Hillary Clinton's emails. So what was the secret? Well, something interesting begins to happen when Donald Trump and Pompeo and all these guys begin to come in. They start to shut down Obama-era Chinese exchange programs, right? They remove China from the infrastructure. Donald Trump comes out with an executive order, completely annihilates and removes China from our infrastructure. They start cutting off China in multiple different ways, there's one thing that we didn't see coming, but we all know about. See, they shut down what's known as the Thousand Talents Program and multiple other education exchange programs with China. Now, what's interesting is over the next four years of Donald Trump's administration, we have over 28 different professors get arrested, including Dr. Charles Lieber, who was working on nanotechnology at Harvard University, who was just sentenced last week. Now, why is this important? I started going out there and researching every single one of these professors. You want to know what are the, one of the most interesting things I found about every single one of these professors? Every single one of them was working under a grant, either from the Department of Energy, the Department of Defense, DARPA, or NASA. And they're all arrested. And the first thing that Donald Trump does is he starts shutting down this educational exchange program. So now you ask yourself, what was in Hillary Clinton's emails? You have to go back to Bob Lazar, Area 51, his documentary about S4, when he was talking about how if I'm working on propulsion, I can't know anything about the artificial intelligence system that controls it. I can't know anything about the power system. It's all too compartmentalized. He goes, in his documentary, he says, the only way to reverse engineer this highly advanced technology is to get it out of the military-industrial complex and put it in the universities. So now I come full circle. What was in Hillary Clinton's emails that she was sending offshore to China? It was the universities and the professors that were granted special access programs through DARPA, NASA, Department of Energy, and the Department of Defense. These were the professors that were reverse engineering various types of highly advanced technologies that were probably not from this earth 
were found on this earth and were very, very ancient. And we get verification of this through Dr. Charles Lieber, who's developing nano mesh technology, basically nanobots that go in there and latch onto the cell walls and absorb minute amounts of heat off of your cells that produce electrical charges, which they wirelessly project throughout your body to basically run other microbots. This is no shit, okay? So what was in Hillary Clinton's emails that was so bad that they would kill Julian Assange for so he would never release them? That the deep state was sending over the China, selling the China, and that the military wanted to shut down and had been investigating for well over, what, 10 years. It was the fact that we were moving special access programs out of the military industrial complex and we were bringing them into the universities to reverse engineer these highly advanced weapons propulsion, and various other technology. And we, the emails that Hillary Clinton sent to China, to that email address, were the universities and the professors who were granted those projects. So what does China do? After those emails were sent, they, China finds out the university and the professor. China goes in, makes a nice little donation to the university because under the Thousand Talents program and many educational exchange programs under Barack Obama, China can now fund U.S. universities. They go in there and they say, hey, we want this professor, Dr. Charles Lieber, to come to China. He goes to Wuhan. <laughs> yeah, right. He goes to Wuhan. And they get into China. Now, do you know what China does to various um, foreign diplomats and so forth when they want to coerce you? They, it, this Chinese intelligence, okay? They will bring you into China. They will put you up in a luxurious hotel room which will be bugged to no end. In the middle of the night, you'll be woken up by a loud sound with a gun to your head. And an English translator will stand there, and the English translator will say, you're going to do exactly what we tell you to do, and if you don't comply, you're dead. And if you're okay to die, then we'll kill your family. We'll kill your children. We'll kill everybody. Because that's what the Communist Party does. And then it's rumored that what they do is they also bring in children, a little, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-old. They make that person do horrible things to that child, and then they make that person kill that child, and they record it. This is what various different intelligence agencies around the world do when they want you to work for them. And they record it, and they say, we'll release this to the world if you don't do what we say. So now China owns these professors, and guess what they're doing? They're sharing all of this technology and information, all the research that they're doing on these highly classified projects to China. This is how China advanced in military and defense from 2010 to present day to where they are, basically equal to the United States of America. Okay? So this brings us into 2016. Well, now we come into 2017 and we get Q. Now, Q starts on the same day as the John Durham investigation, but we're also told through the boards that um, don't be surprised if there was more than one investigator appointed that day. Now, instead of going through the whole Q thing, Q proofs, I don't need to go through all that, but for anybody out there who's new, understand that there was a collaboration between this person posting on the back of 4chan, 8chan, eventually 8kun, and the President of the United States of America in the sense where we would have something known as a zero delta, a one delta, um, where Q would post something with context, you know, not even a minute later, Trump would post something with the same context or misspelled word that would validate them, their communication that Q was somehow in the White House or communicating with Donald Trump. 
There is absolutely no coincidences in the amount of um, things that happen pertaining to this show conclusively 100% that Donald Trump was collaborating with whatever was posting on these backboards. Ask me later on, I'll tell you who I believe it was or what it was actually doing the posting. Um, now, there's a few things that happen. In 2018, U.S. naval warships start running aground. Um, they basically say it's operator error. error. Um, quite a few sailors died from these instances. At the same time, we're having multiple aircraft in our United States military begin f- falling out of the sky and crashing. Okay? As well as we have uh, Q, who posts information pertaining to submarines in the sense of China hacking our submarines. Now, how would they have had all this information? Well, we were sending them military secrets to the Obama administration. They had all of our communication channels. They had all of our cryptological networks and ciphers and keys and all this other stuff. So... This is where I kind of really get interested because a lot of things begin to happen. There's one specific event that happened that really, really blew my fucking mind. Uh, This was, I believe, May 2018. Q post a picture of a submarine, which tells you to go ahead and uh, reverse image search the submarine. You find out that it's a submarine that was decommissioned in a place called Ketron Island, Washington, in 2004 by the name of the USS Richard B. Russell. What's interesting about that is QPost 144 talks about the 13 Illuminati bloodlines, of which the Russell family is one of the 13 Illuminati bloodlines, and Richard B. Russell, the admiral, was a member of that family dynasty. Kind of interesting there. Uh, June 10th, 2018, Donald Trump leaves the G7 summit heading towards Singapore to go meet Kim Jong-un, the North Korean leader. This is where my mind gets blown with all this stuff, okay? Now, he's supposed to take the path of least resistance, which would go over the west coast of the United States and fly to Singapore. Instead, by the way, Donald Trump flies to Rota, Spain, and then to Singapore the long way. Now, here's the thing. When a ship is out doing an operation, a mission or something like that, or a submarine is out doing a mission or operation, you have what's known as calm dark or river city. This means that all communications are seized and they have no electromagnetic transmissions coming in or out. If there was a submarine that was maybe in the ocean that was going to take out a, uh, a plane that was flying over or something like that, they would be comms dark for probably 24 to 48 hours prior to any type of event that they were going to take part in. Okay, and so the submarine, let's just say, is in the Pacific Ocean, comms dark for 48 hours. They don't get the message that Air Force One is going the opposite way. But they do know is the strategic point of when Air Force One should fly over the West Coast of the United States and be about 100 miles off of international waters. At that point, about 100 miles off of, of, of international waters, we have what we call the Wibley Island Incident. And if you don't know what the Wibley Island incident is, I can't spell today. The Wibley Island incident is right here. Up, oh, it's not gonna, it doesn't love me. And so apparently, this picture right here, according to all mainstream media or all same mainstream news, see that thing flying up in the sky that looks like a missile? Um, is a helicopter on very, very low baud rate camera, a camera that only refreshes like once every quarter second. And so this is a helicopter. 
So guys, 10, 10 years in the United States Navy, I worked on missile weapons and defense systems. I shot these missiles. That's a fucking missile. <laughs> okay? Now, if you remember, this is June 10th, 2018, is they contacted the Air Force and the Navy and nobody knew what the hell that was. But the time of that launch, 3.56 a.m. is the same time that Donald Trump would have been about 100 miles off the coast of Washington State on his way to Singapore. And it's rumored that that was a deep state asset that was shooting a missile at Air Force One to take it out. Basically, it was a nuclear missile that was going to go up. It was going to go all into the ionosphere. It was going to explode above Air Force One, basically rendering it useless by an electromagnetic pulse. Okay? So that's June 10th, 2018. Doesn't happen. Donald Trump goes to Singapore. They had the meeting with North Korea. La-di-da. August 10th, 2018, the two-month anniversary of this event. A gentleman who worked for Horizon Airlines, a baggage handler. By the way, I worked in an airport for six years. At the airport, you have what's known as a SIDA badge, S-I-D-A. And this gives you access to various areas. Now, if you don't have a need of access to an area, you can't get in there, okay? So a baggage carrier, a baggage handler who's loading and unloading baggage off of a plane, they're not going to, let's say, have access to a hangar where the planes are being worked on and maintenance is being done or the planes are being stored. There's no reason for them to be over there. Well, apparently, at Seattle-Tacoma Airport, SeaTac, this baggage handler comes into work, disappears for five hours off of the security cameras, goes into one of the hangars, backs out something known as a Dash 8 or Q-400 aircraft, double prop, gets inside of it, and takes off. Flies into the wind. And you watch his radar pattern, and he does this kind of cue over Ketron Island. Now, when I saw Ketron Island, I said, wait a minute. Didn't we see a picture of the Richard B. Russell that was decommissioned in, in the Richard B. Russell, the submarine that was decommissioned in that area at Ketron Island, like in 2004, right? So I'm like, what? This, this is odd. What's going on here? And we're listening to the audio communication of the guy flying the plane in the F-15s and in ground control. And here's the problem is if you've ever flown on a, a double prop aircraft, it's incredibly loud. You get this like from the cockpit. Well, you don't hear this when he's flying it. You can actually hear someone next to him talking. It's almost as if he wasn't on the plane. Because the plane was being flown remotely or something. Okay. So... What ends up happening is the plane crashes in the Ketron Island. Yay, F-15s move away. And you have this radar pattern of a Q around Ketron Island. You have the Q-400 aircraft, okay? And then you learn the hijacker's name. What was the name of the submarine? It was the USS Richard B. Russell, right? And this is like the red pill, red pill moment. Is the USS Richard B. Russell was the name of the submarine that shot that missile. Q warned us in May about it. The hijacker's name was Richard B. Russell. When I put all that together, I was like, oh my God. This is very, very real. So much real that I went out there before they scrubbed anything. And I found his Facebook account who only had three people following him. Every single person was a daughter or a wife of a military star general who didn't exist. 
I shit you not. I got it's on my decode videos back in the day. So this is when you realize that there's something really going on, okay? That there's an actual war going on between these deep state actors. And this is kind of like the validation that Q is really, really real. Um, now, we go through and basically Trump 2020 election, Trump lose or Trump wins, but they steal the election. They form the coup. We have COVID happen. We have the bioweapon release. And we have all this different stuff happen. A few things I want you to remember. Because this is going to bring about the context of what four years of Donald Trump and Q was actually was. Future proves the past. Okay? Future proves the past. You can't tell the people. You have to show them. See, Q is a psychological warfare operation. So the whole part that I talked about, the military operation, this wasn't, maybe, maybe they call themselves Q, I don't know. But it wasn't Q. Q was <clears throat> basically probably a dream child of, of Flynn, Rogers, Trump, and a few other people. Understanding what they knew at that time in 2016 about everything that I just told you. They understood that they'd have to have the American people behind them. That they would have to have a mast, a massive armor, army of digital soldiers behind them. And the best way to do that is to plan out some type of information dissemination program of where you put out public information as things are about to leak to bring people and draw them in and get them to investigate themselves. <clears throat> Once people begin investigating themselves, then they can follow the rabbit holes and start making the connections, connecting the dots. And this will wake up other people. This is psychological warfare, okay? It was a psychological warfare operation targeted towards the Christian ideology to wake up America, to build an army of digital soldiers to basically drown out the fake news, the mainstream media, and to produce a whole segment of alternative media, right? As well is the eerie predictions of Q most recently are scary. Well, we got to understand that they have high level technology. I, I would assume that they're using most likely quantum computers and predictive analytics to determine future events based upon various different inputs. That would be my guess. No project looking glass or anything like that. We can, we can use modern day technology to describe how Q can come up with a few of these posts that I'm about to show you and be spot fucking on. Okay. The four you, so if you remember October 17th, 2017, Donald Trump. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's actually bring it up. Why not? We're, 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 we're just going to go through all of this, right? We're just going to play it all. Um, All right, let's bring this over here. If you guys remember this event. You guys know what this represents? What? Memories the calm before the storm. What's the storm? Could be the calm before the storm. What storm is We have the world's great military people in this room. I will tell you that. And uh, we're going to have a great evening. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. What storm, Mr. President? You'll find out. You'll find out. Now, I, I, wanna, I want you guys to think about this. He said, do you know what this is? It's the calm before the storm. What's one word that Q uses a lot? Let's see if we can find it. 
Come on, get my over here. Man, this is like old school, right? This is like old school Q, what we used to do, right? One word that is utilized on the boards a lot is the word comms. C-O-M-M, com. That's right. Same to yourself in the chat, com and com. Phonetically, or semantically, sorry, semantically, correct. Com and com. The com, you know what this is, Q, Donald Trump tells us exactly what Q is before Q even starts. It's the communication before the storm. Four years of Q was laying the foundation to build the digital army, a knowledge, uh, an army of people who go out there and do exactly what we're doing right now. Okay, it was the communication before the storm laying out the foundation of all their crimes, at least with public information for people to go out there and start digging and start investigating and waking other people up. And that's exactly what we've done for five years. That was the communication calm before the storm. That's what Q was. That's what we know of, of Q 2017 to 2021 was the communication before the storm. Future proves past, which means that all those posts, although they had some context and relevance in organization during those points in times will be relevant in the future. Future proves the past. Not only that, Q tells us dates, times, names, and places change. Interexchangeable. I always found that interesting. The dates, times, names, and places all change. And <clears throat> if you're new here, I want to show you the first Q post. 28th of October, 2017. It says Hillary Clinton will be arrested 7.45 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, the morning of October 30th, 2017. Okay, October 30th, 2017. Now, it says here, HRC extradition already in motion, effective yesterday with several countries in case of cross-border run. This is October 20th, but it says 10.30 at 12.01 a.m. Interesting enough is 12.30, or sorry, 10.30, October 30th, is the same exact day that Comey opened the email investigation back up on Hillary Clinton. Then we hear that she's going to be, then we have 11.3 is the first marker. Do we remember this? 11.3. Just so happens that 11.3 was the day of the election that Donald Trump won and stole from Hillary Clinton. Names, places, dates, and times change. Remove HRC from this and put DJT. 1030, which would be Hillary Clinton's ritualistic date, the day that she wants to put her sacrifice out there. 1030, the anniversary when Comey opened his investigation up to her. This is Donald Trump's big moment to shine right before the midterm elections. 1030 would be the great date <clears throat> to indict Donald Trump with 11-3 being the day that they try to arrest him. 11-3, first marker, first arrest. Now, I know General Flynn came out and said some information about QAnon. It was uh, an interesting article. You can break down any way you want. But notice how he calls it QAnon. He doesn't call it Q. He calls it QAnon. And he says QAnon is a psychological warfare operation created by our government and handed off to a third party. QAnon. Not Q. QAnon. 
This is the same guy that took the oath and said, where we go, when we go all. This is the same guy that, before Q was ever a thing, talked about digital soldiers. This is the former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency and a Army spy, military spy, his whole career. Yes, he's not telling you everything. I do believe Flynn is a good dude. 100% a good, awesome dude. A patriot to this country. <coughs> Man, I'm getting... Ugh. All right. So let's bring us up to current date. The queen died 1,776 days from the first Q post. Okay. Not only that is on that same day, September 8, 2018, we had post 2120, which is freedom. Freedom and 1776 are synonymous. They are the same exact thing. It's a four-year delta, not a three-year delta, Josh. Oh, man. Okay. Does it get even interesting? Yeah. Trump posted at 441 after the Queen's death. Right here, this says 1441, but understand that uh, I'm in mountain time, so that shows up at mountain time. And he posts this right here. Okay, well, 441. Q post 441 is this one. Future news will unlock more of the message. Missing eye confirmed. Interesting. The queen just died, and Trump posts at 441 talking about a missing eye. And he spelled, by the way, he spelled something wrong um, in one of the previous ones, which was Paul Ryan. But it wasn't an I that was spelled wrong. So I started thinking about this. Who's the head of the MI6 British intelligence? The I. The queen. The I is now missing. The queen is dead. Whoa. Remember what Q posted? Remember this card? Look at the I. The I is missing. Now, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I, I it Just no way. Right? No freaking way. Okay. If my browser ever goes back. Ah, there we go. Okay. Nope. Browser back. Okay. There we go. Ah, not what I wanted. Okay. So we had that one. And we had some really cool podcasts. So Donald Trump posts a series of pictures the other day of the queen. He does this at 929, 930, and 931. Okay. 921. Nine, sorry, 929. Relevant to coming events, future will prove past. Well, isn't that what we just talked about? Also, this is on March 10th. 10th is the day, specific day. 930, POTUS recent tweet relevant here. Talk about the truth. EU, European Union, enough of enough. She was warned. Huh. Now, these, this post from March 10th, 2018 is talking about Merkel. Okay? Chancellor of Germany. But it's relevant here. She was, she was warned. 931, 10 to comply, choice is yours, Q+. Now, 10 to comply is interesting because the Queen's funeral procession is 10 days long. There absolutely are no coincidences here. Do we have any others? Yes, we have uh, Julian's Rum talked about this yesterday. The eighth day of the month has been interesting as of date. July 8th, Shinzo Abe assassinated. August 8th, Mar-a-Lago raided by FBI. September 8th, Queen Elizabeth dies November 8th, midterm elections. What about October 8th? What happens on October 8th? Well, this is interesting because if you go back to the cue boards, you go on over here and you find October 8th, 2018 on this board, okay? And you start scrolling down. You see, uh, think red line. Yep, okay. Um, nothing too major on this one. Okay, let's go a little bit sooner. Let's go to 2020. Because there's nothing in 2019. 
Let's go to 2020. Let's go to October 2020 and find what we can find on October 8th. Oh, well, didn't we just look at that? Huh. Look at that, Wibbly Island. Okay, what does it say here? 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment. That's interesting. Nothing is random. Everything has meaning. Let's scroll down a little bit. In it together. We need justice. We are ready. Let's go. Well, we've been seeing this. We need justice multiple times. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, because if we go back to that October 8th, 2019, or 2018, October 8th, I'm pretty sure there's one in here that is about justice. Nope, nope, it's not there. Oh, it must be, it must be under here. Okay, anyways, there's a, there's a picture here. Okay, what does this one say? Did you notice the missile within the drop 25th Amendment? Look at that. The missile in the drop talking about the 25th Amendment. So Q is talking on this day about the 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment. What else have we got? So if we go back to Julian Rum's, Rum's post, okay? He's talking about Shinzo Abe, uh, head of state assassinated, head of state raided, head of state dies. Then we have the midterm elections. What about October 8th? Is it possible that the 25th Amendment, that would line up directly with the trend we are seeing? Shino Osby, head of state, Mar-a-Lago, raid of head of state, queen, head of state gone, October 8th, head of state removed or forced in the stepping down. Is October 8th the day Joe Biden is removed from power? Right there. Combat tactics, Mr. Ryan. Combat tactics. Now, this is interesting because combat tactics, Mr. Ryan. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't Donald Trump misspell that word just the other day? Pretty sure he did. Okay. Was there anything else today? I mean, th these things, like, yeah, if nothing happens, nothing happens. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't think we're going to be wrong here. Well, how about this? The state funeral for the queen will take place on September 19th at Westminster Abbey, and she will lie in the state in Westminster Hall from Wednesday, Buckingham Palace announced Saturday. Oh, interesting. Did you know that Joe Biden is the only head of state that's going to be traveling in the armored beast and all other heads of state will be traveling on a bus? Sounds like there's a heightened security alert in the UK. Interesting, because this is September 19th, 2018. Look what it says here. Panic in the UK, panic in DC, panic in the UK, panic in the DC. You can't make this up. 2019. Three years ago, September 19th is the Queen's state funeral. September 19th, panic in UK, panic in DC. Go back to the previous post. She was warned 10 days. Unfrigging believable. So that brings us right now to right here, okay? And uh, there wasn't much news today, don't worry, guys. That brings us right now to right here. We saw this, uh, this one indication of an event potentially in Denver, Colorado on the 24th. Some German chancellor said everybody will remember the date of September 24th. Um, maybe. Um, it's National Preparedness Month. Denver's handing out um, bug out bags. We had the public service announcement in New York City a few months ago about the nuclear events. Uh, we have Russia apparently being pushed back from Ukraine. I don't think they're being pushed back. Um, I think something very, very bad is going to happen in Ukraine that Russia is, is going to launch a massive offensive. And the reason I say that 
is this article right here. Russia claims China supports invasion of Ukraine ahead of GP, uh, Xi Putin meeting. Okay? China's getting involved. Russia is about to push on Ukraine and decimate them. Okay? So, with that being said, then what are we looking at globally? Well, there's a few things. We could have war before the midterm elections or after the midterm elections. I do believe war is coming. Now, Jason was talking to me, my, my brother and co-host talked to me about this and said, um, what if military is the only way, fully controlled, was talking about war? It's a good potential, okay? It's, it's a possibility. But if you guys are new here, subscribe. I ask you to subscribe. We, we're going to be doing this all week, talking about a lot of these different aspects of things happening. Um, we have an impeccable accuracy here, too. Pretty cool. But what I want you to understand is that right now we are entering the storm. How do we know this? How do we know we are entering the storm? Does anybody want to give me a hint? I'll show you right now. And this goes back to Q and Trump. What we do you are hear? A nation in decline. We are a failing nation. Now, we've all seen this video. I don't need to go through it, but it starts out with a storm. And you notice that the video, okay, when you play this video, it goes dark, that has the gray. Everything's black and white. And we are no longer... Everything is black and white. Okay? And then what happens? Right there. Let's, let's watch this transition. In many ways, it's become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. Dark delight. That went from dark delight, and the music that popped in, right, is feel good from YouTube's song "Where We Go, One We Go All." And Donald Trump has been playing this song with the thunder rolling in, from the dark speech to the light speech, at his rallies the last few times. So someone's saying that September 28th, the 29th through October 8th is going to be heated. Yes, it absolutely is. More than we can probably ever imagine. There is, uh, let, me, let me find it here. There is a, a series of Q posts that pertain to specifically September. I wish I knew that we were looking at them earlier. Damn. Actually, I think I can find them real quick. Um, November 2020? No, no, no. It's uh, September, September. We're looking at September. Um, I can find him. I can find him. September. No, that's 2020. Maybe it was 2018. I think it was 2018. Yeah, 2018. There we go. I think this is it. There it is. So Q talks about it here. Think about real-time Q tracking. September 10th drops, memes non, September 13th and 14th, September 16th, September 18th, right? And there's another one where he talks about tracking, right? And maybe I can just look that up on the spot. Was it, 
so September, was it 17th? Maybe it was the 17th? September 17th, do you believe in coincidences? Attention on deck means that they're ready. Lock on target, fire at will. Guys, we're coming up on this Delta in five days. Be ready. I think something potentially could happen here. I think that these, these ones right here are talking directly to us, specifically, September 17th. And activate Sessions. What do I think happened with Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions? I think that Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump, it was all a game. I think that Trump and Sessions, Sessions is still very much a part of this. I think Sessions was named special prosecutor after he left. That's why Donald Trump came off after him. He didn't want to basically spook the deep state. And that maybe he's potentially been holding military tribunals. I'm not talking about the military tribunals that were putting out there by real raw news and people being ex-go at Gitmo and all that stuff. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is confirmations of people that we know have been held in military tribunals. John McCain, for instance. Okay? That's Sessions. That's what he's doing now. At least in my opinion. Don't have really any massive confirmation of that. Um... But there's another one that talks about uh, September 10th to the 14th, September 24th through uh, the 29th, right? And then we have October 3rd, October 8th. We have a lot of dates to be looking at. So, listen, a lot of stuff's happening. We're going we're gonna to spend all week digging into all this stuff. We're going to remind ourselves of all this history, of all these things that have happened. And we're going to cover the news as well this week because the news unlocks, right? But just understand that the whole Q thing was to bring you to this point, to wake you up to this point, to have this understanding. And now it is a proxy board of communication of which they can show us exactly what was happening, what was going on, and validate to all these people who maybe forgot to believe that this shit is really happening and that the Patriots really are fighting back, that we know their playbook, we know their plan. And we're getting ready to, to make some moves. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to win the war. I don't know. I think we're talking about battles here. There's multiple factions. We're talking about the War of the Roses. But I do believe that we are at the point where the patriots, the, the people who are loving this country, loving American people, who, who love humanity, who've been watching the atrocities occur day in and day out for the last few years, are about to take their offensive. Guys, listen, this was fun. I, I love doing these shows. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back onto the news, but we'll also be talking about a little bit more of this. Actually, do we have a guest tomorrow? Let's hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't go anywhere. Tomorrow we have Luke Coffee. Wednesday, Wednesday, Melissa Redpill. If you guys know who she is, you got a popular podcast all over there in Telegram channel. Melissa Redpill will be joining me. We're going to be talking more Q. Um, and that tomorrow we'll be talking a little bit at January 6th for the first half an hour. Then we're going to jump right back into this stuff. We're going to be talking about the Firestorm event. We're going to be talking about the plan. We're going to be talking about potentially what people are doing, Patriots are doing. We'll talk about raising Dan Kane, special military operations, special access programs. We'll fill all that stuff in tomorrow after we talk to Luke Coffey about January 6th and what he has going on with that stuff. Um, if you guys uh, want to support us in any way, best way is to like if you're on Rumble, Facebook, whatever, hit those like buttons, hit those share buttons. Please do comment. That definitely helps. And subscribe. Go to redpills.tv. Go ahead and subscribe over there. That's our primary website. If you guys are looking for a private social media platform, it's just a third-party website we use, but it's completely private. There's, um, there's a few thousand of us over there that are hanging out, talking about this stuff on a daily basis. Socialredpill.com. Socialredpill.com. 
And then if you guys want to support us in any way, shape, or fashion, go to redpills.tv slash go, redpills.tv slash go, or givesendgo.com slash redpills, as well as you can send crypto, redpills.tv slash send crypto. Those are the best ways. And if you go to redpills.tv, there's multiple other ways to help support us, alternative media and everything that we do. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. God bless America. And uh, I stand with you, patriots. I stand with you. It's time to take our country back. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Good night.